Greetings, everybody. This is the Common Sense American, and I had uh, thought I'd talk about a certain topic today, but uh, the tragedy of this week has left us all a little stunned, and I think I, I, I can't avoid it. It's something we, we need to talk about, obviously. It's a, it is a tragedy, and it's something that we sometimes can't even begin to guess how it could happen, um, but it does, and the the fact that it continues to happen uh, is of should be of the deepest concern for everybody. Um, the the Texas school shooting, nineteen children dead, at last count, couple of adults. Um, so I, I'm going to break this up into two parts, people. Um, the first part will deal with the gun rights issue, and the second will deal with uh, the deeper issue at play here. And I think uh, these are the two things that we should be focusing on. But as usual, as was the case with the COVID situation, we're not focusing on the underlying problem. The COVID situation, obviously, uh, our health being that underlying problem. And as expected, and as I told everybody would happen, they're not going to address it at all. They want to keep you like the uh, walking wounded. They want to keep you reliant on their drugs. They want to tell you that it doesn't matter how you live your life. Just take this pill and everything will be okay. It's how the pharmaceutical industry makes its billions and trillions and how it keeps you the walking wounded and how we are so destroyed by these drugs and these pills that we're just going to listen no matter what and not accept the fact that this disease or any other disease like it would not be anywhere near as bad if we were in a much better condition physically and mentally in a lot of ways. But anyway, that's what I mean, the underlying problem here from a societal standpoint with, with the shooting. But first, the gun rights issue. Now, I have been on record in the past, and I know that this goes against what many of you uh, believe. I, first of all, I do stand for the Constitution. I do believe in the Second Amendment. Um, but I always have, uh, th there's caveats to this. I don't believe they should, any government uh, should have the right to just take things from you because they believe that it is unsafe. See, here's the thing. If you take away the Second Amendment because you believe that it endangers the populace or a government entity decides that it endangers the populace, that it's a safety issue, a public safety issue, then that becomes the first step on a slippery slope. Now, our entire civilization right now is laboring and in a crisis and on a steep decline because of a slippery slope that we put in place somewhere around the 60s in terms of what society is, what civilization is, what should be allowed, what shouldn't. Um, we've gone from... Uh, when civility was at sort of a peak, when people were dressing in in suits and dresses and and had some sense of decorum, and when you there were very specific strict rules as to when you went to call on somebody, the rules of even having a handkerchief folded properly in the lapel of a coat. Okay, so is that too extreme? Well, we went now on a slippery slope to the point where two naked people, one leading the other through the streets by a leash and collar and not somehow being illegal. There was a time where policemen could drag somebody in just for, you know, being too loud, being too, uh, and being too, uh, for example, exposed. Um, it was a decency issue. And that was very much against the law and things that everyone frowned on. We don't have any sense of de decency anymore. None, nothing. 
We've got nothing left. That slippery slope began, well, well even before the 60s, that began uh, around the time post-Victorian era, where we decided that it was too st steep and strict, that it was silly to, you know, have every woman, you know, wear a parasol and gloves, and every had to curtsy, and men had to bow, and uh, there were very strict rules in terms of dinner gatherings, and how you speak to each other, and okay, was it too far? I guess, maybe we were just trying to separate ourselves as much as possible from the animals, and now we've regressed to the point where we are animals, and we're taking pride in our slump. Um, so I am not a fan of the slippery slope, which is why I don't support getting rid of the Second, Second Amendment, because it is a slippery slope issue. You take away the guns, the government will next decide to take away knives. And eventually, your entire life will be, well, like the world of travel is today, like trying to get on a plane. You know, you, you can't travel with anything even remotely resembling a weapon or anything that could be used as a weapon. And again, that's their decision. Um, and probably a good one when it comes to air travel, because ever since 9-11, that has, just like everything else, it's gone chaotic and insane, and they're sort of trying to protect everybody, and, and you get it, uh, but there's a big difference between uh, disarming 200 people on a plane uh, and trying to make sure everybody is disarmed and has no way of being a threat, and disarming 325 million people. Now... Um, that is the slippery slope. I mean, at some point, once you start that process, there is nothing stopping those in charge from going right down the line to the point where you can't, you know, you can't have a nail file. And that's the problem with that. And we don't seem capable of avoiding or able to stop ourselves on these slippery slopes as evidenced by our steep decline in civilization. That's the problem. Um... Uh, on the flip side, just from a personal standpoint, I don't quite understand the uh, need for guns. Um, look, if we take a look all around, I, it's not that I don't think people shouldn't, shouldn't have the right to protect themselves. I think if they believe they are protected, uh, then they should have it and they should be properly licensed and properly trained in it and should have it. Okay. Um, what, what I don't believe is the rhetoric, uh, mostly from the right, that says that uh, disarming the populace is, is a ploy of the left or a plot that, you know, it allows those in charge to easier, more easily control a populace, a, an unarmed populace, very easy to control. Uh, look, people, do you really think you, you having arms is going to help or going to stop a government that wants to have you arrested or wants you dead or something? Do, do, do you really believe that cap you're capable of defending against a police force or the military? Look, all it takes is a drone or blow your house up. You don't even blink. There, there's, no, there's no real point to that anymore. You're not going to defend yourself against a battalion just because you, you're armed to the teeth at your little home somewhere. It's not going to do you any good. If they really want to, if they really reach the point where we were an authoritarian regime and they said, we're coming for you if you don't do such and such, what, you think your rifle is going to help? It's just going to make things messier. In the end, you'll be dead or in prison and it won't matter in the slightest. With the sheer firepower that uh, our, our, um, the police and, and the military have now... There's, there's, there's some point, an individual, a family, hell, an entire village or city, once you start going into nuclear terms, you have no hope. Once you, even once you start going into SWAT terms, you have no hope. Again, it's just going to make everything messier, and in the end, the result will be the same. 
If you feel proud that you went down in a hail of bullets protecting yourself with your own hail of bullets, what, what good is that? I don't understand that. This is not 1820. I know people think that there's no difference, but there is a difference. Civilization and how we live and the weapons that are available and everything about our lives is completely different night and day. I'm not saying that that means we shouldn't have the right to own the arms. What I'm saying is it makes a complete difference in that idea that we're better off if we're armed against an authoritarian regime. That authoritarian regime will have you outgunned no matter what you got and will easily, very easily, take whatever you have, including you, if they want. The key is obviously it's not let that happen. It's not let the governments reach that level of power and, and uh, tyrannical nature. You can't have that. And so to, but to believe that it matters at all, whether, you know, you can stop them just because you yourself are armed or even uh, a bunch of people, even the entire country, so what are you going to do? We're talking nuclear warfare at a certain point, which you will never have. We're talking levels of, of destruction and violence that you cannot defend against. And just as a, just to look at certain things uh, in a microscopic viewpoint. We're a very large country, so you know maybe these things don't matter as much. But if, you, if you've been to Europe or you've spoken to Europeans in certain countries, many of them are mystified at our obsession, obsession with guns. They don't, they don't understand. They feel they don't need them in their, in their countries and cities and towns. Uh, they don't understand why you would want them around. They, they, they don't understand why they're fun. They don't, they don't really understand it so much. Now, I'm not saying there's not recreational shooting. I'm not saying there's, that that doesn't exist overseas. Of course it does, and it's a very big deal. But in terms of having them to protect yourself or having them uh, for the sake of standing up against the government, they don't understand that and can't figure it out. And when you look at how they live, you shouldn't be too surprised. For example... Um, uh, did you know that in Iceland, uh, there was one murder in 2019? They don't even have a police force. Uh, they don't have a standing army either. They're so small. Um, they have, you hear stories uh, about, for example, two-thirds of the population lives in Reykjavik, the, the capital, and women will leave infants, toddlers, outside in carriages while they walk into stores and shop and leave them there. and No one thinks anything of it. And... Isn't it sort of nice? Doesn't that seem almost like a blissful nirvana? Almost like the way this country was, maybe in the 30s and 40s, 50s, in really nice parts of the country, or many parts of the country where small towns or even in really well-run or up-and-coming cities where there was very little crime and very little problem. And that's the kind of thing that could happen, especially when people knew each other, that sort of thing. And is it, But is it only because there are so few people in Iceland that that is the case? You know, 373,000 people, that, that, that's nothing. That's, that's, that's a little more than a third of the, of the people that, no, that's less than that. I think there are 10 million people in, just in Manhattan alone. Uh, sheep outnumber people two to one in Iceland. So is it a bad example or does it mean that they're doing something right that we're not? But there are other countries, other towns, other cities in Europe that have very strict bans on guns, basically saying you can't have it all. And there is no issue with violence or heavy violence, or there, it just doesn't seem to be a problem for them. Um, they're also they're also not crumbling like we are. They're not erupting in chaos and violence like we are. Um, so again, maybe it's a poor comparison, but that downward spiral, you know, they're not seeing it. 
in their in their hometowns. They're not seeing it. If they were, would they wish they were armed, or would that just make things worse? Um, but these are questions we absolutely need to ask ourselves. We can't just go screaming about 2A and saying, I want to have my guns, and not having any real knowledge of how it's helping you or an understanding of what would happen if the uh, if, if it all hits the fan and you're left standing there, would, would it make any difference if you're armed or not against, you know, an overwhelming force, which it of course would be? Um, or is it just because you feel so unsafe in this, in this country now that no matter where you go, you, you feel like you should be armed against individuals? That's a separate issue, sort of. It's not about defending yourself against government. It's defending yourself against your neighbor, which is a sad thing. But unfortunately, we're reaching that point because, again, we have allowed this to happen. We have allowed criminals to walk free. We have allowed the it's okay generation to take over and dictate and... Uh, now we're reaching a critical mass point. The last time there was a uh, terrible shooting like this, I had done a podcast about the root cause of, of what's going on here. It's similar to this one, but I, I didn't focus as much on guns. I focused more on the decline of our civilization and society and humankind in general. And it, the situation is the same. Every time you hear about these awful shootings, you have to realize that this is a deeply embedded sickness and a disease in this country or anywhere where it happens. Obviously, the people who do it are sick and diseased. We know that. There's something wrong with them. Now, were there sick and diseased people in 500 years ago? Of course there were. There always had been. There's, I'm sure there was some whack job somewhere you know, in the Middle Ages who went crazy and took a sword and started lopping people's heads off for no reason and then fell on his own sword. I'm sure it happened. You know, We have no records of a lot of most of what happened during many, many years, long stretches of mankind history. We're we're confused, but we do know that this is these sorts of mental snaps, it's nothing new. This happens. This can happen. The concern is that it's happening more frequently or seems to be happening more frequently, regardless of whether or not this individual can get a gun. If, if crazy people want to do bad things, they're going to do bad things, and they're going to do it without, you can't really stop them. Uh, will it be not as bad, for example, if they couldn't get their hands on a gun? I, I guess but God only knows what they could come up with. It could be a bomb. I mean, bottom line is, it's the, the, the sickness we have to worry about. We are looking at a sick society. We live in a sick society. When you have people who don't know and screaming at the top of the lungs that gender is not a thing and that it's all in your head and that you can decide it whenever you want, that there are, should be no protocol when it comes to uh, relationships and families and there should be, it doesn't matter anymore if you're married, kids everywhere, who cares? There should, there's no structure for that. We have no structure anywhere. Structure bad, rules bad, morals bad. Um, discipline bad, we don't care about any of that. The uh, All that matters is how you feel right now generation has destroyed the country. And on top of that, the media entertainment uh, fields have bombarded a populace with um, content that has no boundaries anymore. As, as the society has erased its boundaries, so has the media and entertainment behind it from the music to the movies to the TVs to the video games to everything where every single part of it has gotten more grotesque, more uh, in your face, more desensitizing. And that is a word that has been repeated over and over and over again for 25, 30 years, ever since I was in high school, really, when there was arguments over whether 
you know, violent lyrics uh, in, in, in albums? Should, should there have, should there be a warning? Should they be banned? They didn't succeed in getting them banned, but they did get that parental advisory on them. I well remember that. They succeeded in getting ratings on video games, and they should be there, just like they are on movies and TV and all that. Um, but the fact that these things exist at all, the fact that we believe that even as adults it has no impact on us is wrong. There was points in society where these things were would not be allowed. They didn't need rating systems, for example, for movies because they would never put anything in a movie that would even come close to the disgustingness that we see on a screen today. They couldn't even envision it. They'd never even try it. They wouldn't, and not because they felt like they were censored or felt them, because they think it's disgusting and they think it's bad overall, that there's no reason to have that in any art form or in the form of any storytelling. Prior to the, 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 the pre-Hays Code, which is what it's called movies, uh, before that was implemented in 1933 or 34, movies didn't have any sort of oversight at all. And there was a little bit more in the way of violence and a teensy bit of nudity here and there. But again, compared to today, there's like nothing in there that would be more than PG-13. Most of it would be PG. They didn't even need it. And, and even then, the then government was clamping down and saying, either you regulate yourselves or we'll regulate it for you because it's getting crazy. So then they clamp it all back and then it gets really tame for a while. And then it starts, you know, in the 40s and 50s, they really don't allow much of anything. Uh, no blood, no like even, no form of, you know, men and women sleeping apart. Of course, they did that anyway. But there are certain things, a lot, a laundry list of things they just weren't going to allow. That, you know, then they start to loosen the knot a little. And then you get into the 60s and 70s and you start to see the we, we just cannot we don't know where the line is whereas apparently as humans we cannot figure out when to stop we cannot realize that this is the kind of imagery the kind of content and it's all now very dark very disgusting very disturbed very violent all of it and we don't really even notice it anymore that's what desensitization is that's what being jaded is. We look at something today that's made and we think, oh, that's not that bad. But if you compare it to something from 60, 60 70 years ago, or you showed it to somebody in that time period, they'd be so shocked. They'd have to leave the room. They, and they'd be embarrassed for us and humiliated. We can't believe that mankind had sunk that far. And we think nothing of it. Now, we have these ratings and things like that in place for the sake of children. But I'm telling you right now that the more studies we do, we're going to find that it affects uh, fully grown adults as well. Now, does it affect the stable adults? I think it affects them a little. I think it makes them more um, more quick to react violently. I think it makes them more cynical and bitter. I think it depresses people far more than people realize. As adults, yes. Now, does will could it Make an everyday adult, a normal adult like myself or anybody else, pick up a gun and go shoot up a school? No, I don't believe that. That person already has to be sick. But we're creating that sickness. We're creating the kernel of that sickness, that disease, and we're exacerbating it with the content and media that we're just slamming at them 24-7. And when they're developing, it makes it even worse. And it's enough to make the mind snap. Were there as many people who had this disease or had these mental afflictions before? I don't believe there were. But even if there were... Uh, they didn't have a trigger as much. They didn't have as much of a trigger with all this disgusting stuff being thrown at them every day, this highly disturbing, highly volatile, very uh, in-your-face, um, visceral assault on the senses that I, I really think makes people go insane or creates that trigger for people who already are a little unstable. Would these people have done this if they had not been exposed 
to certain levels of content in in things that they view on a screen or hear or or see just on about uh, in their ears as they look at their smartphones as they turn on the computer laptop as they do these things and see these things and watch movies even if it seems like it's not designed to be a certain way what if there was so much of it that it simply causes the brain to bleed over and snap in somebody who is already a little unstable and we have more and more and more of those because our schools and our our the foundations country so unstable and so nuts and what they're telling people in schools and what they're graduating out into the world as it is is so uncertain and so dangerous is it any surprise that we're starting to see more of this when you combine everything together, when you look at it, when you give it that, that bird's eye view, that 10,000 foot viewpoint and look down on the society and how much it's crumbled? Is it really any surprise that people are actually going to do this? No, it's not when you allow this to happen. But again, we're talking about that slippery slope, right? We'll come all the way back. It's a, it's a freedom of speech issue, so we should be able to put out whatever we want, right? Well, that means essentially that we have managed to dream up the most disturbing filth that any humans have ever created, splash it on a screen and show it to everybody and pretend it's okay. So this is an issue, isn't it? I don't want to get rid of freedom of speech, but is this what we do with it? I don't want to get rid of guns either, but is this what we do with them? It's so complicated in my head. I know everybody thinks it's cut and dry. These are the freedoms. These are what we have to stick to. But we have shown again and again and again, mankind, down through the ages, that we are not capable of reining ourselves in when we need to be reined in. Does that mean a governmental force should rein us in? No, I don't believe that. That only makes things worse. Eventually you have a, a tyrannical regime and eventually the people have to rise up and overthrow it and the cycle starts over again. I think we need to somehow progress. We need to advance as a species and we're just not doing it. If you look at some of the things that we indulge in today, the things that we call entertainment, they're so stupid. They're like the four-year-olds with just a bunch of visceral garbage thrown in to stimulate the senses because we have no brain activity left. The things that you see the books that you read, they're, they're painfully bad, painfully stupid, adolescent. The jokes are painful. Every, we're all treated like we're nine-year-olds because, well, in a lot of ways, that's what we've become. We're not thinking on a higher level. We don't value the idea of very high levels of conversation anymore. You know, the salon in, in uh, for example, in the 17th and 18th century in Europe was, it was a thing where people went and spoke. And now we see it as elitist and racist or whatever. And how the, the upper crust of society would come together and discuss the, uh, the, the topics of the day and, and indulge in, well, the highest level of quality of entertainment in terms of music and theater and, and all that. And they're rewarding such immense quality and ability and, and eschewing and shunning the darkness of society. Don't we need to do that again rapidly now if we want to reestablish any sort of foundation that we can build on for the future because right now it's crumbling so fast and falling apart so fast that everybody just is sunk in a mire of hopelessness and despondence and violence and hostility and the it's all contributing where there's a bunch of 45 year olds now walking around and they have the mentality of an 11 year old and it's really not good we can't keep this up because you can't have 11 year olds running a country 
or even going about their daily lives and doing things as an adult should do them. The content reflects this. The, the media reflects this. The entertainment reflects just how far we've sunk in terms of our brain activity and, and substitutes that with a mass assault on the senses because it's the only way we can be entertained anymore, like a bunch of drunk kittens. We can't be entertained by an engrossing plot and developing characters anymore. We just need stuff thrown at the screen so we can continue to, you know, we all have ADD. We, we all can't, nothing can hold our attention unless things are flashing at us every four seconds. You think that doesn't mess with us? Humans were not designed for this. So, again, it's an undercurrent thing. It's, it's, you gotta, you gotta peel back the layers of the onion. You can't just go, oh, it's the guns, or, oh, it's, we need more security in schools. No, we, the disease is deeply rooted underneath, and we have to dig that out, and it's gonna be painful. And the only way I can see to do it is if mankind actually progresses, and I'm not sure we can do that, because I don't see any evidence of it. I see it in other parts of the world. I don't see it so much in this country, and I'm not really sure why. Well, I have theories as to why, as you just heard, but I can't, but I don't think we're different. I don't think we're in fear. I don't think other countries have superior people. I just think... We've created this, it's okay, everything, nothing matters. We start to mock quality. We start to mock ability. You know, we mock classical music and, and opera and, uh, and things that require immense levels of... Uh, we, where are our da Vinci's and our, our Monet's and, and where are our, our artists of, of, of the highest capacity? Why don't we value anymore something like the ceiling of a Sistine Chapel? Why don't we care anymore about poets? Why don't... Why? Well, I can tell you why. It's because we've been basically conditioned not to. It doesn't excite our adult brains enough. And all of a sudden, we have people running around shooting up kids in schools, right? You think these things aren't linked? You think there's no connection? There is, and it's deeper than we all want to know. So anyway, that's, that's it for today. I hope I didn't go too philosophical. I wanted to keep it on a societal level, but this is how things are for me. I, I tend to try to find the root cause. I, I don't believe in Band-Aids. Band-Aids don't work. We need to dig these tumors out. Um, unfortunately, I'm worried the tumor is malignant. Anyway, uh, that, that is it for me. Um, and hopefully you, you get something from this and it makes you think, because really we need to do a whole lot more thinking, all of us, every, every last one of us, if we want to pull out of this. Um, so... That's it for me. I, I appreciate you listening as always, and I will see you again next week. Thank you.